Rise and shine with the Word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. Tune in at 10 a.m. and join Antonia Roman as she sings and reads the Word of God. The Word of God will give you insight for the purpose in your life. Now here is your host, Antonia Roman. Good morning, good morning, my friends. Good morning. Hello, everyone, on this Saturday morning. Thank you for joining us. We are so excited that you're here with us today. Thank you for those who have been following us for a while, several years into the podcast. And we welcome you if you're joining us for the first time. This is the place where we dive into the Word of God. This is the place where we see how God speaks to us, how he guides us, gives us instructions, he warns us, he prepares us, and most of all, he brings his word which is alive into our lives. My friends, we are starting a new chapter today, and uh, as I've said in the past with this podcast, There are some chapters that we cover that sometimes it is so hard for people to accept the Word of God. And I'm here to tell you that the new chapter we're about to start today is going to be quite challenging for some of you. But it's God's Word and it happened. And it's perfect examples for us to reflect on, see how we can apply to our lives. Are there things that we can change in our lives when we read this Word? And most of all, How do we handle situations like this that correlate with what's happening in the world today? So my friends, today we are jumping into and diving into the book of Amos. If you're trying to find where that is in your Bible, if you have your Bible with you, Amos is right after Joel and it's right uh, before Obadiah. In the Old Testament, just to give you the premise of where we're at. And I just wanted to, uh, before we dive into the Word, to speak about how God sometimes will use individuals that they don't have a high status, they're not anybody important, you know, they're at the... uh, low end of the tier of of individuals that you may or may not know about. And Amos, if we look at this book, this is about a man who is described to have been a shepherd and a fig grower. So he was a very humble man. He had a very humble job. And um, he was part of the southern kingdom, which was the part of Judah. As you know, we've discussed in the past on previous books, we've covered how at one point, all the different tribes after the time of Moses kind of separated and landed in different areas. And then also how it ended up being that The children of Israel uh, separated and you have some people on the south side and you have some people on the north side. 
and the people considered on the south side kingdom <laughs> were considered Ju- from Judah, Judah's tribe, and uh, from the northern side, Israelites. So when we speak about a man like Amos, who God calls to fulfill an assignment on God's behalf to the community, God is, of course, going to pick Amos because of the type of man that he was. He was humble. He was a man who worked very hard. He took care of his family. But God knew that he could rely on him to come to the community, travel at that to the community on the north side, even though he was on the south side, to give a message of a warning and to instruct specifically the community of what was going to happen and how they could prepare themselves, possibly even repent, turn away from their wicked ways and get back on that straight and narrow road. We're going to start in the book of Amos today. And we're going to start with chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to take it in a couple of verses. And this is what it says. The words of Amos, who was among the sheep breeders of Tekoa, which he saw concerning Israel in the days of Uzariah, king of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, two years before the earthquake, right? Because it was a big earthquake that took place. It says, and he said, the Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem. The pastures of the shepherds mourn and the top of Carmel withers. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Damascus, And for four, I will not turn away its punishment because they have threshed Gilead with implements of iron, but I will send a fire into the house of Haziel, which shall devour the places of Ben-Hadad. I will also break the gate bar of Damascus and cut off the inhabitant from the valley of Avon and the one who holds the scepter from Beth Eden. The people of Syria shall go captive to Ker, says the Lord. For three transgressions of Gaza and for four, I will not turn away its punishment because they took captive the whole captivity to deliver them up to Edom, Edom. But I will send a fire upon the wall of Gaza which shall devour its palaces. I will cut off the inhabitant from Ashdod and the one who holds the scepter from Ashkelon. I will turn my hand against Ekron and the remnant of the Philistines shall perish, says the Lord God. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We know your word is truth. We know your word gives us life. We know that your word is powerful 
And most of all, we know that your word is true. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for these harsh words that you're giving in this scripture right now as we're reading it. Because these are some powerful, harsh, dangerous words. And we need to hear to what the word is saying and know and see how we can apply it to our lives today. So I thank you, Father, for your word. Amen. You know, my friends, you just heard me read this, and you're like, what is she reading? What are they talking about? What do you mean Amos was telling people, thus says the Lord this, 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 and that? What are you talking about? It sounds harsh. It sounds bad. It sounds like something's going, major's going to go down. Sounds like destruction, chaoticness. What's going on? Well, my friends, that's exactly what it is. Because I'm here to tell you, my friends, that God is a faithful God. And he loves us so much that when he's had enough is enough, he's going to come and he's going to break it down. He's going to shut it down. Like I would say, he's going to shut things down. He's going to break it down. He's going to be like, enough is enough. And this is what I'm about to do. Because God loves all of us. And what he hates most is the sin. Even when we're committing the sin, he hates the sin. But he loves the sinner because he wants us to be back on track. He wants us to know that he is there by our side and that he's a father who loves us and wants to prepare us and having fulfill the purpose of everyday life for us and his will of what he would want us to accomplish. And my friends, when we think about the time of Amos, this was a time when there was a good economy going on at this time. Much had happened prior, prior decades prior many, many, many moons ago, (laughs) you know, where things had uh, turned around for the better and people had um, prosperity going on. You know, um, they had it going very well for themselves. The temple had been rebuilt. People had reestablished themselves even after much losses in different chapters we've read in the past, even when, you know, nations conquered other nations and oppressed them, the people were able to come back. God gave them an opportunity to come back and acquire what was taken from them, um, have the opportunity to start fresh with a new life. And um, really, God started to bless them again. And we're at a point now in the book of Amos where people are prospering. They're prospering politically. They're prospering financially. Uh, You know, they are really set. Um, And not at this time really lacking anything. But because of such prosperity going on at this time, Just like anything else, when things are going good for you, my friends, we tend to forget about God. We tend to get involved with other things 
that we corrupt ourselves with. We tend to say to ourselves, well, you know what? I got what I needed. God got me out of this. Do I have to keep praying to God? Do I have to love on God? Do I have to meditate on the Lord? Do I have to do fellowship with Him? Do I have to go to church? Do I have to go to the Bible study? Do I have to read His Word? Do I have to sing worship songs? We start to go down a road where most of us are like, I got through that, God got me through it, and I'm okay now, so I'm just going to chill and enjoy everything I've received, but forget to thank the person, your Heavenly Father, who gave it to you. And we start to get distracted. We start to get distracted with things that are social in our environment. We start to go with the flow of what's going on. And most of all, we start to see different types of ideologies happening. Different types of religious uh, things that come our way that are corrupt. So not only were they doing very well at the time of Amos, you know, in the communities, but they were sidetracking and getting caught up with the social life with the things that were being offered to them, with things that were happening right in front of their eyes, with the new uh, events that were coming up. They were getting involved with that, right? They were getting indulged with it. And at the same time, spiritually, they were dying. Many were dead, spiritually. They were only functioning carnally in the flesh and going about their everyday life and were forgetting about their Heavenly Father. So the time of Amos, God goes and inquires to Amos about an assignment he has for him to leave his comfort zone where he's at intending to the sheep, intending to growing his fig trees, which that is a very lucrative Um, good life that he had of an abundance with that product with you know um, those uh, those items that he had in his life he was able to sustain himself he was very well off where he was at he wasn't a, a rich rich man but he he was well off he had more than enough God supplied for all his needs but he loved the Lord and he was he feared the Lord and he was obedient to the Lord. So he took on this assignment. And what he did was God informed him to go to the north side. Go to the north side. Because I have a message that I want you to give to that community. You know, on this podcast, we talk about a lot about communities. When you read the Bible, my friends, there are tons of communities in here that you learn about. People, groups, that you learn about. And you learned about the choices that they made. Good or bad. Consequences. What did they face? 
How did it be, how did it affect them? How did it affect others? You know, and when we think of Amos now, Amos goes directly to go to Israel. And at that time, which was on the north side, at that time it was Uzariah who was the king of of, of Judah. So even though he was on the south side dealing with the king of Judah, which was Uzarius, and he was also dealing with the king of Israel, because even though the people were on the south side live uh, you know dealing with the king Uzariah, they knew about the king on the north side. Who was um, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, right? So now he's going to leave where he's at. He's going to leave his comfort zone, his home, his family. And the king he's currently serving. And he's going to go deliver a message to another king on the other side. And he was so obedient, God prepared him spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally. He prepared him with how he was going to speak with him through his mouth. And he prepared him of how he was going to confront the people and face them and tell them as it was that God gave him the message. He didn't go to sugarcoat it. He didn't go to say, oh, I'm going to make the words a little bit less. So I'm not going to use these harsh words. No. What the words exactly that God gave him were the words he used when he spoke to that community. And right away, he said, The Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem. The pastures of the shepherds mourn and the top of Carmel withers. In other words, he's saying, the Lord is like a roaring lion right now. He's roaring from Zion, from the high top of heaven, upset, very disappointed. He utters his voice from Jerusalem. He's bringing it in strong. He's he's powerful in what he has to say. And this is happening right now, right here in this moment. That even the pastors of the shepherds mourn. In other words, me even even the the cattle, even the the things that are growing, things that are that the shepherd is responsible for. They're mourning. Because remember, God created everything. He, he created humans. He created animals. He created all the agriculture. He created everything you and I wake up to see every day. And we can tell sometimes... When we look at a tree, or we look at a bush, or we look at flowers, 
or plants or whatever, if they're mourning, if they're dying, if they're not doing well, because of not having enough water, sun, right, that has been given to them, or even enough shadow, because some plants require shadow, or shade, when I mean shadow, I mean a shade, and the top of Carmel withers, meaning that it's, it's, it's dwindling, it's coming down, it's being destroyed, it's without energy, without strength. So right away, he comes to tell the people where God stands with this message that he's bringing to the people. That Amos is bringing to the people on behalf of the Lord. Which, I don't know about you, but if I was somewhere and someone came to give a message that started out like this about what I'm about to tell you is coming from the top, the top, top. (laughs) So let's say you're at work and all of a sudden the foreman comes and says to all the workers, I got an announcement to make. This is coming from the top. And the people who work there know that the top is the top. Maybe there's a big picture of the person in the in the job at the at the job on a plaque. And they say, oh, it's coming from that guy. Or that girl. Or that woman. That man. And then they start to tell you what I'm about to tell you that's coming from the top. It's going to come in very heavy. It's going to not be make you some of you happy. But it's got to be told to you. Because it is like causing major stuff going on right now. And it's affecting many people and many things of the company. And the, maybe even the revenue of the company. Or maybe whatever it is that's happening within this company. And everybody starts listening and paying attention. Goes, oh man, 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 what's what's going on? Right. So he prepares them. Says, what I'm about to tell you is something major. And then he goes and proceeds and says, thus says the Lord: for three transgressions of Damascus, and for four, I will not turn away its punishment. Because they have thrashed Gilead with implements of iron. So he's saying for three transgressions of Damascus and for four, I will not turn away its punishment. Because they have thrashed Gilead with implements of iron. In other words, because they have done this sin... Because they have transgressed against me, God, and have built for themselves all these socialite statues, things made out of iron, you know. Because, listen, at the time of this with Amos, there was a major struggle happening with people. 
People knew God existed and knew all the miracles he had performed and done for previous generations. But because people were so caught up with the social life that they were having, they were letting go of God. They were ignoring God. And they were doing their own thing. And they started getting involved with different ideologies. They started to, like, you know, worship, you know, just like it had happened in the past. Uh, people were starting to worship idols. They were making these things for themselves. So when it talks about implements of iron, meaning things that are made out of things that are made, whether that's a statue, that's a bracelet, whether that's a necklace, uh, something that would uh, give them what they thought was going to give them the power to succeed or the power to stand out or the power to go forward. Now, I'm not saying that wearing a bracelet or a necklace is not a good thing to do. Don't get me wrong, guys. What I'm talking about is if you're worshiping that bracelet or that necklace, or you're worshiping that statue, you're worshiping that plaque, whatever it is, that's where the issue is. Because people at that time were starting to worship more of these things and pay more attention to these things than they were paying attention to God. And God took notice of all this, and he was like, uh-uh. I got to call this out. And he comes out and he goes, But I will send a fire into the house of Haziel, which shall devour the palaces of Ben-Hadad. I will also break the gate bar of Damascus and cut off the inhabitants from the valley of Avon and the one who holds the scepter from Beth Eden. The people of Syria shall go captive to Ker, says the Lord. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to bring down a brim of fire and destroy everything that everyone else has not just touched, been a part of, and have made them as their idol, but I'm going to shut it down. I'm going to devour it. I'm going to do away with it. I'm going to break the gate of Damascus. I'm going to cut off the things that is allowing them to get a hand on this. And I'm even willing to do it so harshly that I might send you back to be captive to nations where you were enslaved to before. Because remember, the people, it says here, the people of Syria should go captive to curse, says the Lord. There was a time in the past, as we know it's the time of Moses, when the children of Israel were subjected under Pharaoh and all that slavery and all that oppression. And they were brought out of captivity. And then their generations down the line became blessed. And now at this point, these people are blessed. And God is like, you didn't see all these perfect examples and miracles that I performed before and you still have to go now and get caught up in things socially and corrupt yourself spiritually with other stuff that's not of me? Well, I see what you're doing and I'm going to shut it down. I'm going to do away with it. I'm going to make sure there's a suffering that takes place with that sin that is occurring. I'm going to do things that may have you even go back to being captive to the people who used to oppress you before. Because my friends, God is a God of 
mercy. He's a God of grace. He loves us. He's a God of peace. He's a God that wants to make sure we have a beautiful and healthy life. And when he helps us in our situations and he brings us out of captivity, he brings us out of depression, he brings us out of like violence abuse in our marriages, or he brings us out of, um, you know, things that we've been attacked in our lives. He cures us from diseases. He's cured many of you from cancer. He's cured many of you from diseases. He's allowed you to even recover from major, you know, accidents, things that have happened in your life. He's rekindled marriages for you. You know, he's reconciled you with your children who may have been distant. You know, there's so many examples I could give you. And God says, I've done this because I love you. But now you turn another cheek and you go somewhere else to do something else. And you don't appreciate me. You, you're not, you're not following my commandments. You are now caught up in your social life. You don't care about me anymore. You know, things are taking the place of being with me intimately in relationship and in spirit and in truth and in reading the word. You're falling by the wayside. And not only am I going to come and disrupt that, but I'm also going to disrupt whoever had the hand in it to help you and get you into the place you are now, which is not of me. It was not for my will for you to be doing those things or being involved in that. So I'm going to come in and I'm going to do some destruction. I'm going to shut some things down. And I'm going to break things. I'm going to take them out. And I'm coming in like a roaring lion. Because I've had enough, says God. I've had enough of the nonsense that you guys have been doing. And I have enough of everything that you're doing socially. Now let's talk about socially. We could look at this, my friends, and know like, oh my gosh. Am I doing something now socially that takes me away from being with God? That corrupts my spiritual mind? That corrupts my spiritual being? Am I doing something right now where I and not doing things correctly where I'm worshiping these things more than I'm worshiping God? Do I have idols right now in my life that I didn't realize? And some of you are like, well, I don't have no iron statue in my house. Well, honey, it doesn't need to even need to be an iron statue. It could be something as simple as like maybe you're watching television 150 hours a week and you don't take out one hour to read God's word to be with him in prayer maybe it could even be that you are so caught up in playing video games all day that you don't give time for prayer in the morning or devotion in the morning Maybe it could even be that you're so like caught up in like wanting to successfully survive in your situation that you are stepping on other people. All of a sudden you've become very arrogant towards people and you're treating people a certain way and now you feel that's your way. It's your way or the highway. Maybe you are doing something right now 
where you're saying to yourself, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, I want to do socially things this way because that is what I'm being told to do. Maybe you're going along with the bandwagon, like they say. Maybe you're just on board because you have nothing else to do. And you're just like, well, I'm just going to go where everybody else is going. No, God wants you to be distinctive. God wants you to understand that what he has in store for your life is for your life. And you cannot be messing that up or commingling it with anything else socially that is not of his will in your life. But that's one of the biggest mistakes we make, my friends. The biggest mistake we make is that we become very swayed. We easily become very swayed. Anything that we see fashionably that's happening happening right now, we like, oh, I got to have that. Anything that we see like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, that's how I should be calling myself right now? I have other options? I'm able to, like, pick how I want to be identified in society socially? Because all of a sudden, I'm seeing something new, something intriguing, something exciting. Well, I never knew about that. I've got more options now. We need to tread very lightly, my friends, on those things. Because God is looking at every one of us and saying to each and every one of us, I see you. I know what you are doing. I specifically know that you are right now sinning. You didn't think like that before, but because now you're hanging out with some new people, you're seeing some new activity of lifestyles, you're seeing some new ways of functioning in everyday life, you're going along with that. And that is not of me, says God. I am not part of that at all. So I need to let you know that because of that, I need to come and disrupt a couple of things in your life. And I'm going to do it very harshly. Now, some of you might be saying, but Antonia, you've always said that God is a God of love. I have. Yes, I have. Because I know he is. I know he is. But he's also a very jealous God who says, I'm sick and tired of my kids, my children, the ones I've created on this earth, being easily swayed, being easily convinced that they don't need me in their lives anymore. That the Bible does not exist or it's just too much, too much information, like too much timing, like with me. They're twisting my word. They're doing away with my word. They um, dismiss who I am. They don't even say my name anymore. They don't even say my son's name, Jesus Christ, anymore. I am sick and tired that my children have are becoming now victims.
Because one thing that God is saying to them right now is, I see everything you've done in all these different areas. Because as he starts to name all these areas that we just read, and I see what each and every one of you is doing. I see every move you're making. Every I know all your thoughts. So I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna destruct. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like shift it around. I'm gonna break things. I'm gonna make things fall apart. Because you have now only focused yourself on those social things and are not giving me the time of day. You spiritually have corrupted yourself with other ideologies. When you've always known my word, you knew your mother's and your father's word. You knew their mother's and father's word. You knew what you were supposed to be doing and following, but now you've decided you want to go a different route because my word is being twisted. Now that was happening at that time of Amos. Imagine what's happening now in our time, my friends. There are things that we are twisting with the word left and right. I just read an article the other day. It was something that I scrolled on uh, in one of the social sites. And it speaks about, you know, as we know, you all know, China is a communist country. You are not allowed uh, to practice any other type of religion, but only the religion that they have in place for them. And a lot of Christians are always being persecuted in China. That is why a lot of um, Christians have underground churches. And it's a word that we don't often hear sometimes, but it exists. People have to actually hide their faith, what they believe in, who they worship. And just recently, China decided that if you want to read the Bible... If you want to read what is supposedly, in their terms, God's word, if you want to read about this, you want to read the Old Testament and New Testament, we're going to give you our version of it. And our version is going to say the following. And this is an example of a snippet that was there. And it said, you know, when the woman who was uh, committed of um, committing adultery and they were about to stone her, Jesus um, came and intervened on her behalf and said, let the first man of you cast your stone who has never sinned, right? And then he pretty much saved her from that situation. And he looked at her and that day, I'm sure that woman changed her ways. We know that for sure. But they added in their scripture that as soon as the crowd left and didn't stone her, That then Jesus, when he picked up the stones himself and he stoned her. And then he said to her and killed her and said, yeah, I'm a sinner too. That's blasphemy. That is an abomination of God's word. Twisting the word. That's what I'm talking about. And those people in China are dealing with that right now. They've even had children sign documents that say, You know, they're not going to, you know, practice Christianity. They're not going to read the word of, you know, the Bible or anything. Listen, my friends, we are twisting the word constantly in today's social society. The same way the people at the time of Amos were dealing with their social situations, 
we're dealing with it today. So we can apply this to our lives. We can take this as a warning that God's going to come in one day. He's going to shake it all up and he's going to tear it all down. He's going to shut all this nonsense down. And he's going to come like a roaring lion. Now, some of you listening to me say, man, Tania, very passionate about it. I sure am. Because I am getting older, and as I'm getting older, I'm seeing newer and newer things coming to the surface that are not of God. And we are easily going along with it. No one is fighting against it. No one is saying, hey, something's wrong with that. And the few that are, if you're listening to me right now, we commend you for doing such a thing. And we know it's a battle. And we know they're trying to tear you down for speaking up the truth. So my friends, I'm here to tell you that we are experiencing this today as well. Right now, even though we came through a pandemic, we're out of the pandemic. Some people starting to get sick again, yeah, but what do they do? They're gonna either going to go get the shot or they're going to go to the doctor, get some antibiotics, whatever. So we're going to continue to live on. We're prospering again. People are back to work, right? People are getting new jobs. You know, uh, the retail industry this year will, like, probably be the best ever since the pandemic happened. Why? Because everything's back to normal. There are no more restrictions, right? People can go in droves anywhere now. So, you know, the economy is boosting up. So we're in the same situation like Amos. The economy is boosting up. We're doing really good. You know, but in doing so good and in prospering again, and now we got, you know, we're in the middle of like debates for another major election, right? People are getting caught up in the societal uh, things that are like wacky, crazy, out of the ordinary. Never heard of that. Who, who invented this? We know it's the devil, right? It ain't nobody else but the devil inventing these things that we're hearing about. We're like, I never heard of such a thing. Right, because the enemy is rampant, my friend. The enemy is is twisting God's word. You got people in churches right now allowing the word to be twisted. Again, and I don't scroll much, but when I do, I stumble upon these things. And I'm like, what is happening? I heard a, a something, a small snippet right before a service started in another church in another state, another denomination I won't even mention what it which one it was they were like reciting reciting something together as a congregation and when you heard it I was like that is not God's word that goes against God's word and they're twisting the word we know we know for a fact the word. That's why it's so important. God says, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. We need to know God's words, my friend. God's word. All these chapters in the book. We need to take out time to read it. We need to understand these stories. We need to understand what God's powerful word is telling us. Because when people start twisting the word, my friends, you will identify immediately with the Holy Spirit is going to come to you and say, that is incorrect. That is not the word. That is not in that chapter. That is not in that verse. And God and Jesus and whoever definitely did not say that. When people start to twist the word, my friends, you will automatically be guided by the Holy Spirit to tell you that is incorrect. Because you yourself know the word. 
So when I heard that situation with China, I said to myself, oh my gosh, I'm hearing this. I'm reading it. There it is. The word twisted. Now, if someone doesn't really know the word, if someone starts to really push and implement that agenda to the children in China, whose parents are real Christians, they might grow up believing that that's the true Bible verse, as opposed to the real verses that we know today. So we need to understand, my friends, that during the time of Amos, society things were happening society you know everybody was hustling and bustling doing well going about their lives but at the same time they were getting on 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 different um agendas with things that just was not of god and god got to the point that he was like enough is enough i'm sending this humble man amos to your town to your place to give you this harsh message And I'm going to be very clear and detailed about the message. And it's going to be so harsh what I'm about to tell you and I'm about to do. That I have no choice but to do that. Because my people are being destroyed. My people are being swayed left and right. My people are being given new ideologies. My people are being convinced of other things that go against my word. Then it says here, for three trans, thus says the Lord, here goes Amos again, thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Gaza and for four, I will not turn away its punishment because they took captive the whole captivity to deliver them up to Edom. But I will send a fire upon the wall of Gaza, which shall devour its palaces. I will cut off the inhabitant from Ashdod and the one who holds the scepter from Ashkelon. I will turn my hand against Ekron and the remnant of the Philistines shall perish, says the Lord God. Again, he's giving the message to the people. Amos, giving the message to the people what God told him to say about this place and that place, the place of Damascus. The place of Gaza, the place of um, Ashdod, right? The person who holds it, the remnant of the Philistines, right? Because you know that throughout all these other chapters, prior to this chapter in the book of Amos, they were always fighting against the Philistines. There was still a remnant of the Philistines. There were still people who survived from the generation of the Philistines. So God is saying, I'm coming in like a roaring lion. Listen up. I've had enough. I'm going to come in and I'm going to devour everything. I am going to destroy it. I'm going to break it. It's going to fall down to pieces. I am coming in because I am sick and tired of all the transgressions these places have done and have not walked away from not repented from and they continue to do it and now be on even more with the transgressions all the social lights uh, social issues and all these spiritual changes i am not part of that that has nothing to do with me i am a true god i am the god with the the word which gives you life 
Not a word that destroys you. Not a word that confuses you. My word does not confuse anybody. My word, if anything, helps you understand and see things clearly. (laughs) There are many things going on at the time of Amos. He was an obedient servant who went to give this message to the people. Now, I know some of these people must have been looking at him and going like, who are you? And you're going to bring us this message? Okay. Uh, you're just a regular person. Let me tell you something. This is what I wanted to discuss and talk about because many of us as Christians walk around today going, well, how can God use me? I'm, no, I'm a nobody. I don't have much to offer. I, I have a regular job. I don't have anything fancy. I'm, I'm not known in society. I don't have a status. I don't have a title. Do you know that God is not interested in any of that? When he's going to call you to do an assignment, when he's going to call you on his behalf to bring a message to a community, when he's going to call you uh, to uh, carry out a task on his behalf, He doesn't care about none of those things. He doesn't care if you have a PhD, a master's, three triple, like, you know, awards. He don't care about nothing like that. Because you can have all all those things and your heart is not in the right place. He's interested in the people who are, their hearts are in the right place. He's not looking for someone who has accolades. He's He's looking for someone who's willing to be obedient unto the Lord of what the, the Lord would have them to do. So Amos was a regular guy, just like you and me. And he was chosen to carry out this assignment and address the people in the north side. And I know some people must have been saying at the time, who's this dude from the south side coming here to the north side talking to us about what God's going to do to us? This message. He didn't concern himself with that either. He was like, I don't care that these people are going to see that I'm nobody. But in God's eyes, I am somebody. And I'm just here to fulfill what God would want me to do. My friends, this book of Amos, it's going to really show us how God steps in and says enough is enough. It's the book that shows us, you know what? Something's happening here. Something major's happening. Something major's going down. People are being found out, told to in their faces about what they've done and what they're going to face. How it's gone on, it's not gone on notice. God has seen every detail and that God is going to come in and shake things up and destroy things because he's tired of other things and other idols taking his place. He's tired of new societal ways of thinking and doing things that take you away from having an intimate relationship with him. And we are facing the same thing today. This is how we can apply this to our lives. Now, some of you might be listening going, Ooh, Antonia, you are treading on some waters that are like very deep and you need to watch what you might be saying. I'm not watching anything. I am reading God's word and I'm explaining to you that his word is true. 
His word is alive. His word gives us warnings. And this is a story that actually happened. This ain't no made-up story. This actually happened. When we read the stories that happened in the Bible, we have to say to ourselves, are we doing that today? Because you know, history repeats itself. Right? We know that as human beings. History repeats itself. So we have to say, are we in the history part right now that we're repeating from the history of before? Are we right now creating a new history of something that was done in the past? And I'm here to tell you, yes, we are. We are creating something corrupt spiritually. We see it every day, all over. And we're creating socially things that are corrupt and that are not of God. So my friends, I know this started a little harsh. This started heavy. But you know I'm not here to sugarcoat the word. You know I'm here to read it. (laughs) And we're here to discuss it. Ask yourself this question. Am I falling in the line of some of these places that we just read about where God's going to come in and say, Burbank, California, North Hollywood, Hollywood, up north, (laughs) by all those places up north, down south, downtown LA. Are we in an area where God's going to come in and intervene because we are doing the things totally against God's word? totally against his commandments we're just going with the flow of the new social light life and we're like yeah i got it like that no 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 my friends if you're down that road you need to repent you need to turn back from your wicked ways and you get you need to get back on that straight and narrow road because i'm telling you the same way god came like a roaring lion in at this time the time of amos he's gonna be coming in very soon to us in our time of today So my friends, we're here to share the word. We're here to discuss it. I'm going to leave it at that. And I look forward (laughs) next weekend on Saturday again, sharing the word of God with you again. Listen, we're here to understand God's word, see how we can apply it to our lives, see what we can learn from it, how we can grow, how we can continue to fulfill everyday purpose in our lives. And how we can be bold in the Lord to continue to share the good news of Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father. So again, enjoy your weekend. And I look forward to sharing the word again with you next week. Where we will rise and shine with the word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. God bless you. Antonia Roman is the author of Confessions of a Christian Woman. A Journey in Marriage. A New Beginning. In this book... Antonia shares her personal journey in marriage and how she used God's word to help her overcome verbal abuse. Tune in next Saturday as Antonia Roman continues to dive into the word of God. The word of God gives you insight for the purpose in your life.